Life Changes Church, we are in season two of the Promotable Life series. It is going to be an incredible word. So grab a notebook and a pen and get ready. Good morning to all of you. Thank you for those kind words, Gabe. Um, for those of you who weren't here last week, um, you remembered, um, took a bit of a swipe at me at my, my fatherly responsibilities. I mean, the fact that I lost one of my kids in Spur, I don't think that's the end of the world. Um, I lost my other kid at the aquarium a few months before that, that was a bit more serious, but it's um, <laughs> for another day. Uh, but Amy and the boys are up in Joburg and they, they send their love. Um, anybody here from Pretoria, good old hunting? Pretoria, any Pretorians? Um, yeah, a few hands there, I see those hands. Anybody here that went to Pretoria Boys High School? It's a bit of, maybe a bit of a stretch. Uh, nobody here, so my stories are safe. Um, I, I went to school with some, some very famous people. Um, Mark Fish. John Smith, Tilly Boy, Ronapella. Um, only one of those three had their career ended because of <laughs> performance enhancing drugs. And that's fine, it will we'll take a 66%. Um, on the screen behind me, there's a, a school photo of a, a guy in a circle there. Any guesses who that is? It's not me. Elon Musk. That's Elon Musk. Went to Victoria Boys, go to the next slide. He was all about electric cars and rockets, and anyway, didn't, didn't buy it then. Um, let's see, see where we ended up. But, but at school, um, there was one person who stood out above the rest. I, I remember him clearly. Um, he was one year below me when I was at Pretoria Boys. He was, he was born disabled, um, and he was at a, a sort of typical Model C all boys school, 1500 boys. And this guy had, had guts for days. Um, he was born with a, a physical ailment, basically, his legs didn't develop fully, and he had, um, he, his legs sort of ended there, and he had prosthetics for, for the rest of his legs. Um, but he, he, went, he went for it. He used to play touch rugby on, without his prosthetics on the grass. He was swimming. He would play full tackle rugby with his prosthetics on. True story. I saw it. He would tackle. Sometimes he would get tackled and one of his prosthetics would fall off. I, tell you, I kid you not. And he would get back there, get it back on and keep running. He just, he just looked at this guy and he knew this guy was going somewhere. This guy, something, there was something special about this guy's life. There was something special about what he was doing. And in high school, suddenly he went to the Paralympic Games and overnight he became a global sensation. At school, overnight, everybody knew who he was. In the school, suddenly everybody knew who he was in the country. Suddenly he was getting sponsorship deals, people were paying, paying him to drive their cars. He was getting invited to, to soccer matches overseas. He was the, the Laureate Sports Award President of the Year. He went from being a normal guy at school to being world, world famous. And he ended up then competing with the able-bodied athletes and there was all this debate about now, can a disabled person compete with able bodies? And he's just, his life skyrocketed in a very short, short space of time and he suddenly was Time's most influential person. You know, it was on the cover of Time magazine. This is, this is at the pinnacle of society. And then I remember when I was driving and I heard the news about, about a situation that unfolded where his girlfriend was found dead in, in, his, in his apartment and just his whole world came crashing down. And I'm not here to speculate about what did or didn't happen that day. I think many of you here would, would have your own views with would have followed the news of that story. But I do know one thing for him is that in that moment, his world came crashing down. Yes. In that moment, his world was completely turned on its head. From being somebody who was admired, respected, 
and people looked up to you as a figure to follow, his world got complete and now he's still currently in prison serving time for what happened that night. And if I look at my own life, maybe on not as an extreme as scale, there are moments where it just feels like that handrail gets pulled up. Yeah. It just feels like you're going, you're going, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call and things look completely different. Your life is completely different. I remember going to Disney World um, when I was at Lighty and they had a, a ride called the Tower of Terror. And basically, it's a lift that takes you up 13 stories up into the air that just drops you and then obviously catches you at the end. But just that feeling of the, your, the floor has fallen up from under you. Yeah. And maybe for each of us, that you would, maybe you remember that phone call. Maybe you remember that doctor's appointment, getting that news. Maybe you remember falling pregnant. Maybe you remember the news that should have been excitement, but it's just, oh, man, I don't know how, I don't know how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? How am I going to keep going? How am I going to live? In Ezekiel um, 33 verse 10, the, the Israelites, they're out in the wilderness. And it says, in some translations, it says, they are in despair, their bones are rotting. Their bones are rotting, and they cry out to God, and they say, how should we then live? How should we then live? And maybe you, in that situation this morning, where you just say, I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I haven't got it. I haven't, I haven't got this. What this year is going to ask of me, what last year's baggage is still lingering in the system, what this relationship requires of me, what this child is asking of me, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. And today the question that we want to dive into is how should we then live? How should we do it? How, how do we live in a way that honors God, in a way that establishes the kingdom? When the handbrake's been pulled up, we've got that call when we're not sure where to go. And we're going to be jumping in to the series on Joseph. Because introductory video there. And Joseph's story, in all reality, is one of those, like, like my friend that I mentioned. It's these, these up and downs. It's not sort of progressively going up and carrying on and getting getting the promotion, having your next child, getting the bigger house, paying off your bond, retirement, lovely walks on the beach. It's not that. It's these extreme moves in his life between going from being his father's favorite child to being beaten up by his brothers and left for dead, to building his way up in a powerful man's house and then being accused of rape and spending years in prison yes. and then eventually standing in front of Pharaoh and getting promoted to being a senior person, well, second in charge of the most powerful nation at that time. And that's a story. It's a story of extremes. It's a story of up and down. And that's, I think if we're honest, well, if I'm honest, that's my story. Yeah. I'd, love, I'd love to live a story where my life gets incrementally better, but it doesn't. There's these ups and downs and lefts and rights and turns and snacks and all these things and kids throwing up on you in the middle of the night. Said about that, but I mean that's those are the things that happen in real life, yeah. and those are the things that we need to navigate. So let's turn in our in the Bible. We're going to read from Genesis 41. It says we're going to pick up the text. We'll be on the back of the screen in front of you. Oh, I'm giving too much. Okay? On, the, on the back of the seat in front of you, the QR code. I've got that. Um, the back of the screen. We're going to see the text. Right, so Pharaoh commissioned Joseph. He says, "I'm putting you in charge of the entire country of Egypt." Then Pharaoh removed his signet ring from his finger and slipped it on Joseph's hand. He outfitted him in robes of the best linen and put a gold chain on his neck. He, put, he was put as the second command, he put the second command chair at his disposal, and as 
he wrote, people shouted, bravo, bravo, bravo. Um, Joseph was in charge of the entire country of Egypt. Pharaoh told Joseph, I'm Pharaoh, but no one in Egypt will make a single move without your stamp of approval. Then Pharaoh gave Joseph an Egyptian name, and he also gave him an Egyptian wife. We'll leave that reading up to you. And Joseph took up his duties over the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he went to work for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. As soon as Joseph left Pharaoh's presence, he began his work in Egypt. Mm. And as we go into the story, I think there's an important point to clarify as we talk about the promotable life. Because our society, it's, it's easy, I find myself there too, it's, we get fixated on success. And it's in Christian circles too, in people that, that follow Christ, we can think that if we apply a certain set of principles or certain rules, we will get promoted to a certain position. And I think we just need to almost break that a bit this morning. When we're talking about the promotable life, it's not let's apply these things so you can be the next Prime Minister of the country. If you look at some of our heroes of the faith, look at Stephen as an example in the New Testament, he died being stoned in a pit, basically, people throwing rocks at him. Jesus, too, died the most gruesome death on the cross. In what would seem to be at the lowest point of society, he died there. So the promotable life that we're talking about is not, not getting to the top of society. The promotable life is opening our lives up so that we can be used by him in whatever circumstance we find ourselves. Yes. Wherever you are on that roller coaster of your life, if you're on the lowest of low or the highest of high, the promotable life and what we're talking about in this series is us being used by God for the establishment of His kingdom. Yes, and I can challenge you, it's probably not going to look like what you think it should. Yes. It's probably not going to look like your version of success. It's probably not going to look as cookie cutter and as perfect as the dream that you or the dream of your life that you like. It's going to look different, but it's going to look like a life of influence, a life of power, and that's, that's what we're after. So very simply, I've got two, two ideas in terms of how we live that life in this, in this roller coaster that we go on. The first one is to listen. In simple terms, to listen. And listening is to give one's attention to a sound. Mm. Give your attention to a sound. The things that we give our attention to are the things that shape us, that mold us, that, that create things inside of us. And we need to be giving our full attention to the Word of God. To the Word of God speaking in our lives, the Word of God taking shape in our lives, and the Word of God doing things inside of us. We need to give our attention to His Word. Jesus answered, Matthew 4, verse 4, says, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Actually, it's so real that we, we, we need to live, we need to be sustained, we need our whole body to be taken in and, yeah. and sustained by the word of God, by the word of God that speaks through his mouth. And just get ready, because... There's powerful things in how, in how God speaks. He speaks in so many different ways. He speaks in His Word. He speaks through the preaching of His Word. He speaks to other believers. And He also speaks in this incredibly powerful gift of the Spirit called the prophetic. That's, 
it's actually, it's a bit mind-blowing, the prophetic. It's, it's one of those things that you may even be uncomfortable about or be unsure about. We're jumping into a series about gifts of the Spirit. And one of those are the prophetic. And the prophetic is basically, it's giving insights into areas where there is no insight. It's, it's seeing where there is darkness, it's seeing that there is light there, it's seeing situations that would otherwise be closed. And also, too, it's oftentimes seeing into the future how things are going to play out. Mm. I often, I often dreamt about if I knew the if you knew the future with certainty, what, what would you do? Yeah? yeah. I know that money wouldn't be an issue for me. I'd give it all to Luke to invest in Bitcoin at exactly the right time and then pull out at exactly the right time. But if if you knew with certainty what your future looked like, and I think if we're honest, we all wonder who are we going to marry? Maybe some of you are sitting next to the person you're asking, is this Maybe you're asking about, well, what, what is my future job look like, my situation? Maybe there's a million different reasons or things that we are trusting for or hoping for. Yes. And the prophetic is not, it's not horoscope, it's not, um, it's not palm reading, it's not that. It's in God's inspired word working at us through the Holy Spirit to give us encouragement, to edify, to uplift the body for the furtherment and advancement of His kingdom. Yes. And if we go out to the Lord in the prophetic and ask about this, the share price and something, we, we, we're not going to get that answer. It's about building His body for the advancement of kingdom. It's an incredibly powerful tool that we've been given. If you look on the, the screen behind us, because the story, I wanted to touch on the prophetic in the Joseph story. It's filled with the prophetic. It's quite, it's quite amazing. Joseph at 17 has a dream of his 11 brothers bowing down to him. There's a dream of the future. There's a dream of something that will happen in the future. You go to the next slide. When in his late 30s, it's a great age to be in. In his late 30s, his brothers bow down to the ground at his feet. Yeah. Some 10, 20 years later, what was birthed in him at 17 came to realization. Go to the next one. At 28, Joseph says to the cupbearer, you will be restored. He meets him in prison and he tells him, interprets his dream, you will be restored to Pharaoh's office in three days. In exactly three days, he is restored. Similarly, the bread maker, I think he gets the good news and he comes and he says, well, listen to my dream too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good news going around here. And Joseph tells him, in three days, your head will be chopped off and you will die. In three days, he's basically pale and put on the stick um, after Pharaoh takes his head off. And then Joseph at 30, where we pick up our text this morning, Joseph prophesies to Pharaoh that in seven days, for seven years of, of bounty, there will be seven years of bounty land, and seven years of famine. He prophesies prophesy that. As an interpretation of a dream, he prophesies that that will come true. And it does come true exactly as, as it says. And I mean, I don't know, those of you who were here last week and heard Gabe's sermon, I mean, I thought it was, it was pretty average, but there, there was well, there was one thing that stood out. It's just, it just one thing I remember from that sermon, but it was, it was around the, the Holy Spirit hovering over dark places. Yes. And where the Holy Spirit is hovering, where the Holy Spirit is present, it brings life. Yes. And I would say, too, it brings God's Word, and yes. it brings the prophetic. It does. It brings the prophetic. I was in the service two weeks back and I prayed over a young girl that had the, that the Ruth and Lottie on her life. I prayed over her just that there would be a, a story of, of Ruth about her in terms of her ability 
to follow the Lord into different geographies, into different situations, into different lands. And she would sit with kings. And this is what I pray, a prophetic word for a girl who must have been 13, as I pray for her. That there is that, that strength and that power of what God's, God's speaking, that that is something that she could take and hold on to, as Joseph did in his, in his prophetic inklings, and take that forward in his life. A very practical story of Asa and, and the prophetic in, in corporate. I don't know if any of you want to freak your boss out and you go and tell them you've got a prophetic word for them. Um, that I need a raise. And, and, uh, so it's not going to go down well. Um, but I remember getting a call from, from the CEO of a quite a big business in, in Cape Town. Um, he gave me a call and said, they've got some issues in the business. Can, um, can we come and have a chat? So I went to his office. We had a cup of coffee and we just spoke, he spoke to me about where the business was, some of the issues, some of the challenges. I, I just let him know some of my thoughts on it. We sat, had a coffee, and the normal thing of, cool, we'll be in touch, we'll be in touch. Um, and I, I left after that, and it was, it was a great business. There was a, a, a seemed to have a really great culture, there was a, a great connection with the CEO, it was, I was, it was a good step for me professionally, it was all the right things. I was, I was very excited about it, I was very excited about the prospect of it, and I prayed about it, and I took, this, I took it to the Lord to say, Lord, is this, what is this? I'm really excited about this, really, I'm genuinely here. Um, and the Lord said so clearly to me, He said, don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. And I, I, I know with certainty, if I'd, if I'd not even knocked on that door, if I just looked at that door and opened I just put my eyes in the direction that there was an opportunity for me there. And I thought the said, don't touch it. When that door needs to open, it will open on its own. It will open on its own. So literally, two years went by, and I used to drive past that business. You'd think, ah, this feels like there's something there. And I also start like, and I knew one text or an email to my person who would have been working there, no, no doubt. And I just thought, leave it, don't touch it, don't touch it, for two years. And then after that, I got a phone call from this CEO to say, we need to chat. In those two years, where they thought there was, there was some issues in the business and some uncertainty, they basically uncovered fraud in the business. And just the more they opened up, the more they saw that it was just their things weren't right and people were were falsifying transactions and there was a whole bunch that used that came out and when he phoned me to say Scott can you come I went there and it was like the, the, the hood of the car had been opened and he said can you help can you help and I stepped into that business at exactly the right time if I'd gone in two years earlier I would have been would have been faffing around with it to be honest I would have moved a few things and we eventually would have all the stuff and it would have been looked completely different but by being obedient to the Lord and stepping out of that and letting him do his perfect timing, it means we're able to take hold of what God calls us to. The prophetic is real. Yes. The prophetic is here. When the Holy Spirit is, the prophetic is. So, I mean, if you're brave enough, the, the prophetic or what it looks like. As I pray this morning, the prophetic words for people. I pray for Chris this morning. And Chris, I, I, feel, like, I feel like you're a fighter. I feel like you've got a lot of box in you. Which, which I like about you. I feel like when I see my wallet, I'm like, I'll give him a go, you know? But, um, and I, that's true. But uh, Chris, as I was praying for you this, this morning, I just felt like there's, there's a fight coming for you. And maybe in your previous world or your old life, fighting wasn't a, it was, it wasn't a good thing. It was a thing that maybe will, will pay to you. But the Lord's got a fight, fight for you coming up. And I feel like a better when you fight. 
I just saw, I saw you picture yourself like a bruised eye, a bloody eye, you know, ready to go, and you need to restrain yourself for good reason. The, the Lord's going to take you to a fight, and you must be ready for it, and take it on and run with it, with all that you've got. Aiden, I also saw you just as a tree, um, as a tall willow oak tree, just in the amount of shade that you that you give and the comfort you give to people is so is so huge. And I, we were in a park the other day. This, this tree had a crack down the middle, and the guys from the city were basically chopping it down. And it just it felt like your tree wouldn't crack. Just as your years goes on, that you would see it through till the end and be that tree and that comfort for for so many people. And then last one for Jeannie George. Henry and Jeannie are not the, the moms and dads of our congregation. But, but Jeannie, I felt for you specifically that just it's been a it's been a time of swimming upstream and just almost um, out in the ocean, busy trying to trying to get ahead, just and you feel like you're just getting done far away. I just can't I just can't get to the to the end. I just can't get can't get just past it. But I just I felt for you in the time ahead that it was gonna be a turning for you. In terms of, of moving with the waves, not against them. And I just there is a there's a gift of, of leadership on your life, you need to, to draw others towards the Lord in a in a kind way. And it's not through through rallying or shouting, it's just through those conversations, draw people towards him and run with him. I think there's a sweetness about your ministry that is still coming to you. I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and Gabe for you. Sometimes we're quick to we're quick to give the word, but then 
we're slower to ask the question on the back end of that. You call to be a worship leader, how's your musical ability? When last did you start practicing keys? We, you, you call to preach the word, you've got a prophetic word of being a preacher, when last did you read the word? Called to be a fighter, when last did you box? You don't have to take that one literally, Chris. But you, there, there's a follow-up that's required from the prophetic that is as important as receiving that word. Proverbs 27 verse 12, it says, The prudent see and act, the simple continue and suffer the consequences. Yeah. And I think that sums it up so well in that the prudent, those who are diligently following the Lord, they see, they hear, they see God's word, they hear God's word and they act on it. They act on it. They don't fall asleep behind the wheel. They don't let their bones start rotting. They act on the word of God. And if we go back to the story of Joseph, it's just such a beautiful picture as, as he interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Basically, Pharaoh has this disturbing dream. And he doesn't even tell people what the dream is. They need to come and tell him what the dream is and interpret it. And Joseph does that. Joseph goes in and he tells Pharaoh his dream. He interprets it, which is God-inspired. And almost seamlessly starts to give Pharaoh the plan of what he needs to do. He says, appoint somebody, a diligent person, to do this, to do this, to do this, to do this. And I mean, reading the text, you're not sure. Is that, is that the Lord's plan? Or is it, is it Joseph's plan? And that's where I want to go my life. That in that lane is where I want to operate. Where I'm so, I'm so connected, so in tune with what God's saying to me, that the idea that come into my mind, I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure who this is anymore. And the text isn't clear on that, and I think for good reason. Not, it's just, it's that sweet spot of, I'm operating my gifting, what God is calling to. And I've got ideas, and God's got ideas, and we're in this together. And that's, that's where we need to act. Going back to my, to my personal story. So anyway, we come in, I, I see, sit down with CEO, there's, there's a mess in the business. The business in dire straits. And he says, he says to me, Scott, if this was your business, what would you do? If this was your business, what would you do? And I remember in that moment praying, just praying to God, praying to the Lord saying, Lord, help me with this response. Help me, help me with what my response is in this moment. And I, I was amazed at the stuff that came out of my mouth. I was like, you're this Life is. And at the end of that, he said, Scott, the business is yours. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. Um, what, what he said, in many other words, but what he actually said was, Scott, go to work. Get work. Get work. And I mean, some of you would know the last three or four months, I've had to spend four five days up in Joburg every week. Not, not, a, not a great situation when you've got a three-year and two-year-old at home. Not, not, not where, where you want to be, but there's been work that I felt called to. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's been a challenge, and it's, there's, there's, there's things you weigh up, and it's not so easy, and there's no clear-cut decision of what this is. And every week you've got to assess when I go, when I come home, what works best for the family, all those things you weigh up. But there is work to be done. Yeah. There is work to be done, and God's calling us into that work. The, the business up. Up in Joburg, I mean, just a testimony of God's faithfulness. When, when I joined there, I had a chat with Warwick a little while back, and when I joined there, they were, they were hemorrhaging that, that business. About 2 million rand a month, they were hemorrhaging on stock losses, which, I mean, just basically, at the end of the month, you count your stock on your site, and what you expect to see versus what you actually see. There was a 2 million rand hole every month. Sure. It was just 
could be theft, it could be waste, it could be a whole bunch of things. That, and it that put pressure on cash, it put pressure on everything. This business was bleeding out, basically. And I got sent up there, 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 got sent up there. And I flowed, literally flowed back this morning. We did a stock count this weekend, counting pies. You know, you can't really make uh, 45,000 sausage rolls a day. Anyway, but fun, fun fact. We're counting pies, pies this weekend. It's the first month where we've had no losses in the business. It's where it comes together. It's where God's plan and our effort, our work, our plowing this world comes together. And that's where, that's where the Lord meets us. And Joseph, the story of Joseph is, is this prophetic forward-looking of actually the one who comes and completes the law, isn't it? Yeah. One of the last be to come up. But it's, it's just, the story, the story of Joseph is a, it's a foretelling in a sense. We look at his life and the life of Christ. There's so many similarities about just being, being beaten, being, being left, being sold into slavery. Just, and he comes as the redeemer. The rejected story becomes the cornerstone. The Joseph story tells us of the story of Christ. And it's literally in the Old Testament, there's 400, more than 400 test, uh, prophecies of, of the Messiah coming, of Jesus coming. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9 verse 6. Many, many years before Jesus arrived, there was, there was prophecy that he was coming. And as that word became flesh, John 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So too, there was a 33-year walk that Jesus did to fulfill those prophecies. Jesus, he listened to the Father and then he lived it out. Yeah. And I just, I think... This morning, as a, as a faithful, believing church, we need to pick up both of those things. Wherever you find yourself, what, whatever the situation is, or whatever the or whatever that phone call, whatever that handbrake is, whatever that feeling like the floor drop out of you, the time terror, I think we need to listen. Listen to the Lord and then live it out. And live it out in a practical way. Live it out in communities. Live it out in life groups. Live it out in serving teams. Live it out in this beautiful thing that we call the church. So I just want to encourage you this morning. Yes, if we could stand, maybe the band can come up. I want to end it off with my kids because that's it's a huge, massive part of my life at the moment. And and listening, listening is a big part. It's a big part of what we do. As parents, we we are trying to get our kids to listen to us. That's that's actually that's actually the long and the short of parenting, you know. Get your kids to listen, and you you really there, you there. But Zach, my oldest, he uh, he doesn't always listen. And as a father, I've got the best intentions for him. I want I want him to live the best life that he can. I want him to do incredible and mighty things for God. But he needs to learn to listen to my voice. Yeah. And when I'm when I'm tired, when I'm stretched. When I'm irritable, uh, then, I'm, then I start to shout. And, and I actually, I, I miss the mark completely. I do, because I start to get upset, he gets upset. Amy gets upset at me for getting upset at him, and he gets upset at everybody else. And the little one starts crying because everybody's upset. And that's, 
that's not how the Lord deals with us. No. And when I'm at my best, it's when I'm patient and I say, Zach, this is what we need you to do. And if you don't do it, if you will continue your ways, there will be consequences. But if you'll hear my voice and change your ways, there's life waiting for you. Yes. That's, that's the Father. That's the Father's heart for each of us this morning to say, hear my voice. Yeah. When you hear, when you hear the voices, it's not often it's the whisper, it's not God making big guru, it's God just pinpointing it with clarity and it's clear. And will you change your ways and follow me? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. Lord Jesus, we lift our hands up and we exalt your name. Thank you that you are the God above it all. You're the God who came. You're the God who saves. And in our despair, in our whatever situations we find ourselves, where we just we haven't got it anymore. I don't know how to do this. I haven't got this. We come to you and we ask, how should we then live? How should I live? And I trust and I believe for every person here this morning that there is a there is a word and a specific, there's something specific for each of you this morning. Of God speaking to you, of God, of God stirring something inside of you, and knowing. That as he speaks, he also gives us the way to follow and the way to continue acting out his will. And Jesus, we are not after the promotion this morning. We are not after the status. We are not after anything else this morning but your presence. We look at the story of Joseph and he was a man after your presence and you used him in mighty ways. For this beautiful, wonderful community of Life Changes Church, we are here to make your name known in our city, Jesus. Yes. Could we lift our arms and just trust that God would fill you up this morning, fill you with His Word, fill you with His promise. As we worship together, accept the Word of God this morning and be changed. Thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to take your next steps or find out what's happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. We can't wait to see you soon.